Hello listeners and welcome to Retrospective Replay Episode 8, a serialised podcast taking a deep dive into video games. This is Season 2, Metal Gear Solid. My name is Ian and with me tonight is Michael. Good evening, Michael. Good evening, Ian. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How's the summer treating you so far? Yeah, it's very warm. Melty. It's like uh, Mm. 28 degrees here. I mean, that's probably not warm for a lot of people, but it's warm here in the UK, predicting the northeast of England, so... Yeah, Yeah, very warm. Very warm. Especially Saturday. Saturday was a total... It was a really hard day for me. I I don't cope well in the heat. So, like you say, it was about twenty eight, twenty nine degrees, and I was I was melting all day. I don't mind heat. Uh, humidity is the hard. It's hu- yeah. it's humid. I've I've been I've experienced thirty five degree dry heat, and that I had no problem with that. I've had yeah high thirties or mid to low thirties and humidity uh, when I was in Japan, and that was that was hard. So, yeah. yeah, same here. Very humid, very hot and yeah, humid. Yeah, it is, and that's what it is a humidity. Is. We're bound to get humidity living on the coast, so not much we can do. So It's better than rain. It is better than, well, you know, I quite like the rain, but I've got no patch notes to mention, I don't think. Um, I'm still quite a few episodes behind editing. I need to try and catch up desperately. So I've got that. Uh, just a reminder, we are on Twitter as at Retro Replay Pod. We're on Facebook as Retrospect with Replay. The Discord is open. So where did we do it last week? We went into, we got we beat Sniper Wolf. We went down, got onto disc two, and we fought Vulcan Raven, and we beat him there. And then we had a message to, about Naomi, and I think people are going to do some investigation about her. So we resume in the cavern the what was it it was like a warehouse freezer. storage area isn't it like a freezer yeah it was like a yeah a freezer unit for storage we just received level 7 key card from Vulcan Raven and if you remember there was a level 7 door right back at the top of the maintenance base so I went all the way back did you do the same no I forgot I didn't realize I forgot about that door until I'd finished the game <laughs> no, I was like damn it Anyway, what's in there? Stinger missiles, and that's it. And there's stinger missiles absolutely everywhere, so it's yeah, probably okay. not really worth the time. We'll talk about it next week, but the one thing I was really low on was chaff grenades, and I really could have done with some more chaff grenades. I, I really struggled at one point not having enough chaffs, but when I went to the top, there was a small wolf running around where, you know, it kind of seems to spawn where a sniper wolf died, and it's like a little puppy wolf that runs around, and you can see it on the map, and you can see its um, vision cone, and it box at you and i don't know what the point of it is i shot it a couple of times see if anything happened but it just oh my god you heartless monster you (laughs) killed their mother and now you want to kill them no you can't kill it you can just it just falls over and then gets back up again you can't kill it i was just thinking oh is there an easter egg if you shoot it or something but no nothing so yeah then end up going back down and at one point when i was on the funicular i was hitting the ravens oh yeah yeah yeah, Campbell rings you up and says we're not paying you to be a scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. However, are they paying him at all? That's what I want to know. Well, I, I don't think they are. Well, sure did he have to. He's not just doing it for the good of his health. He's not a soldier anymore. He's left whatever he was doing, and he's just a, yeah. pr- a private citizen. So surely he's been paid. 
I, I hope so. I hope it's good money as well. But anyway, I hope he makes more money than Lionel Messi does on his new contract. I hope he makes more money than we do from this podcast. <laughs> That's easily done because <laughs> we're about 200 quid in the hole right now. So anyway, yeah, we go back to the freezer we'll room. Have to, and we, we'll have to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> a couple's OnlyFans. Do you know, uh, you know, I might edit this bit out, but uh, did you say that Kerry Katona made a million pound off OnlyFans? I, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, if people are willing to pay money to see other people in underwear or whatever OnlyFans stuff people share then you know fair enough you know as long as you're not hurting anybody i guess and people are going to willing to pay for it then you know more power to them i mean the problem is i guess when people start spending money on things like that that they can't afford mm-hmm. but anyway i guess it's entertainment you know people spend do worse things with their money that's very true like collect retro games <laughs> anyway well, you say that collecting retrograms though is can be seen as an investment as well. If you look at some of like oh, those no, cartridges and whatnot, are you know going for mad money? I I can't remember what it was. I think I've seen something uh, a Super Mario or something recently went for crazy money. Mario sixty four went for one point five million dollars. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and before that, the original Mario there was a sealed copy of that last year that went for nine hundred thousand. I think. Yeah, crazy money, crazy. But yeah, anyway, we go back to the freezer and we go through the door that's at the top i don't know whether they call it north or not but it's at the top of the screen and it takes us into a longish corridor but there's some traps in it so if you if you stop as you run up the corridor you might fall into a trap but then as you get to the other side of the corridor the camera opens up and you can see probably 50 gun cameras or so yeah it's an awful lot of gun cameras so yeah you've just two, two trap doors which is easy to fall into i didn't fall yeah. into them um, and yeah, just like, that's why you need the chaff grenades. Yeah. I think there's a couple of chaff grenades just as you come through the door to the left. I think there's three chaff grenades in a box in case you have none. Yeah. In this room, there's like the door is in front of us. Like if you keep going up, it goes over a bridge, over like a drainage ditch quite deep down, and there's a door. But if you go right, there's some stinger missiles up on the on a little mezzanine floor. So if you haven't got any, it's worthwhile grabbing some of them. But of course, if you're using that chaff grenade, try and get back down because chaffs don't last that long. And we move up in through the door. And it's another long corridor. And as we approach the end of this corridor, the camera like moves down and pans up. And then it's, we're looking at Metal Gear and we're in the Metal Gear storage area. Metal Gear Rex. Yeah, Metal Gear Rex, yeah. It's it looks the, like a dinosaur. It does. It makes noises like a dinosaur. We're going to talk about that now, but... Yeah, or a wyvern. Yeah, they all do that. I think the later Metal Gears did that as well. Yeah, They always make weird noises. Snake approaches the end. We get a very small little bit where the camera looks up at Metal Gear and we can see how big it is. And then we regain control and there's a water trench all around Metal Gear. And if you jump in it, you start losing health. I called Roy um, and he said that it's contaminated with nuclear waste and will damage us. However, there's some things in the water, isn't there? You can find ammo, you can find rations. Yeah. A few bits and bobs. Ultimately, though, there's a ladder that you have to go up. It's anyway forward. And as you approach the ladder, the codec rings. It's con. He tells Snake that he overheard the terrorists saying that Metal Gear is ready to go. And in fact, they have even input file codes. Snake says it's too quiet around there, but he asks what he should be doing next. Otacon tells him to go use the override system. 
Snake replies saying that he only has one key and he doesn't know what the trick is with them and how to use it. Articon says leave it to him that he's going to access Baker's files and Snake asks him if he's a hacker and he says yeah you could call me that doesn't he? Something like that. It's a bit silly he's like are you a- wow are you a hacker? It's like oh my god he's a computer scientist he- <laughs> surely he should be able to hack a simple password on some guy's personal computer. No no it makes sense I mean the guy like seems like he's a like a genius right? Yeah, Snake seems a bit kind of surprised that he's a hacker, or that he can hack a computer. So we move up the ladder, and we're on the second section, which is roughly up to Metal Gear's legs, like half of the legs, like the knees. And there's a couple of air, couple of items around the area you can run around and grab, and as we approach the next ladder, the codec rings again, and it's not a con. He tells Snake he's making progress, and he should be able to get in soon, so that was a great conversation. Yeah, I got annoyed here that he kept ringing me. I was yeah. like, why can't you just call me at the end or leave yeah. me alone until we get to the top? Well, that's it. We move up the ladder again and now we're at the top level and there's a few more items around again and you need to climb a very small ladder to go over the head of Rex and get back down. But as you get to the top of Rex, Otacon rings again just to say that he hasn't found the PAL codes but has found new information on the warhead. And it turns out it uses a real gun to fire at supersonic speeds and it doesn't use fuel, which allows it to get around loads of different treaties, peace treaties, nuclear treaties. This makes it invisible to radar. And they say it could be the end of the world and Snake denotes it as the ultimate weapon. It's a bit sounds a bit funny, doesn't it? Because, I mean, the real gun isn't that big on Rex, right? It's probably, say, 50 metres long and as a real gun that short, really going to be able to fire a nuclear warhead at the speeds required to go... Well, they reckon it can attack anywhere from any place, right? Yeah, so that seems a bit... How's it going to launch it by like 10,000 miles? It's not going... It's, it, it can In no way can it have the range of an ICBM. That's just insane. Uh, you know, they're talking about, oh, we could nuke... Well, I guess they could nuke Washington, or they could talk about nuking China, but they're in Alaska, so those places aren't too far away. But being able to, to send a missile anywhere seems a bit far-fetched. But, you know, it's a game. It's fine. <laughs> Snake then asks Roy if he's listening. He confirms he is, and Snake asks him if he knew. Roy apologises, and Snake tells him that he's changed. Otacon moves the conversation about testing. The nuke has never been field tested, only tested in VR, and this is why the exercise was being performed. Snake asks him what the results were, and Otacon says it was a success, but is unsure as he can't find the data. There's nothing there, and it should be stored somewhere. Snake confirms it was, but it was deleted after being put on an optical disc which Baker gave him. Roy steps back in, asking about the disc, but Snake tells him that he never got it back after Ocelot took his things. Otacon says the warhead has been swapped out for a real one, and they are now ready to launch. He says he will try and find the information for the PAL, and then we get back to the game. So we can now move off the top of Metal Gear, down the little ladder, onto the platform. And there's a couple of items on the way down. And it's a bit of a sneaky thing, this. You get spotted by the guard as you run down the platform. Uh, no, not the first time. All right, because I ran down the platform and the guard just happened to be looking and you can't see him unless you're using first-person view because the radar is jammed, as usual. And he just managed to spot me, so I had to fight him and fight a couple of other guys, which was, it was a bit annoying, to be honest. As we get close to our destination, Otacon rings again. Is this the fourth time he rings in about a minute? Yeah, he rings four times in a minute. Although, my I didn't answer at that time. I waited. I went up. I was like, he can hold on this time. So I went up to the control room and I ended up seeing the conversation between Ocelot and Liquid before 
then it pauses the codec and it rings afterwards. So if you move, if you keep going a little bit, you can answer straight away. I assume as you did, but you don't have to answer straight away, and then it feeds into the next cutscene. So when the codec does ring, Snake asks him if he's got any information. Otacon says no, but he's found Baker's hidden ulterior motive. Snake guesses that he was trying to get rich, which Otacon says that was part of it, as Armstech was a failing company. They were paying a bribe money to the DARPA chief as well. Then Snake asks about the override again, and Otacon tells him to wait. So we get to the security room, or, you know, you might have already been there, but... You know, if you didn't answer straight away, but we get the security room and then it's a bit silly, I think, because Snake, like, stands at the door and sees Liquid and Otacon in the room. But he would have totally been spotted there and then by them, wouldn't he? Um, I don't know. They were looking at something else, though, weren't they? And they were they were kind of not looking in the direction of where he was. Maybe. Although, and then on the other hand as well, maybe they saw him, but they pretended not to see him. Maybe, yeah. That might have been all part of their plan. So Ocelot is talking to Liquid, and he tells him he's now inputting the PAL codes, which disengages the safety device so they can launch any time. Liquid says Washington haven't responded, and that they'll have to show the mean business. He tells Ocelot to set the target to Lochner, China, asks why, when the original target was actually Russia. Liquid asks him if he really wants to see the nuke dropped on his motherland. Revolver notes there's nothing in China, but he's corrected by Liquid, who says that it's a nuclear test site, and if a bomb goes off there, the public won't know any difference. And this will also put Washington on high alert that China may retaliate. Liquid speculates that this will force other countries into secret talks, and during the talks, the Chinese will find out about the new secret weapon, destroying the US's reputation. He continues that with other surrounding countries of China find out about the weapon, that he will be contacted and the US won't want their technologies to be sold. He also talks then about something called, the Oslet says, and with the CTBT. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what that means. It's a comprehensive test ban treaty. So it prohibits any nuclear weapons test or explosion anywhere in the world, so you can't test nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally opened in 1996 for it to be signed. Um, and it was signed by 185 nations and ratified by 170. However, it can't be put into force until it's ratified by 44 specific countries. And those are, there's eight of them that still haven't done so. China, India, Pakistan, North Korea, Israel, Iran, Egypt, and the United States. So that comprehensive test ban treaty, which was opened in 1996, still hasn't been ratified because the nuclear countries and um, I think Barack Obama when he was president in America tried to get the US Senate to start thinking or going to ratify it but that didn't happen and then obviously during the Donald Trump time it wasn't ratified and so it's been as I say it's been open for signature since 1996 but it hasn't been ratified by eight countries wow wow it's a long time isn't it and probably never will to be honest no probably not Liquid also claims that the president will have to give in their demands which are Big Boss's DNA and one billion dollars. One other thing as well, actually, because I just the timeline on this. This Metal Gear Solid is set in what two thousand and five. So obviously, the people who made this game had expected that that nuclear treaty test or test ban treaty would have been ratified and signed and everything by then. But still, in twenty twenty, it's not. He says that this money, alongside the DNA, will fix the genome soldiers as well as a fox die vaccine. Ocelot states that fox die killed Baker and Decoy Octopus noting that it might kill older people first. He speculates that Mantis wasn't affected, possibly due to his mask, while Sniper Wolf was probably safe due to taking tranquilizers. 
However, it could just be because that the new virus is experimental and all the bugs are, have not been worked out yet. Liquid moves the conversation on towards the buyer, Sergei Gerlukovich at the Spetsnaz. Ocelot says that he still has doubts about Metal Gear and its claimed battle abilities and that he'll greet the talks after the test launch is successful. He continues saying there's nothing to worry about. Russia wants to be a nuclear superpower again and Metal Gear will allow this. Liquid says that Grilukovich is merely a politician, not a soldier. However, he commands 1,000 soldiers, which is needed, because since Mantis died, the brainwashing is wearing off the genome's soldiers and their morale is dwindling. He says that a Russian alliance would probably boost it again. So maybe that's why these um, genome soldiers of 180 IQ aren't firing on all cylinders. Because they're brainwashed. Because they're brainwashed, yeah, and that's why they're walking around like idiots. <laughs> Very possibly. Okay, confused by boxes. Yeah, that that could be a good uh, explanation for it, to be honest. Yeah. Liquid states that they will double down and stay in the base, and that they can launch nukes from there to prove they are a threat anyway. Ocelot asks him about his promise to Glukovich, and Liquid tells him that he has no interest in the revival of Mother Russia. Following up, Ocelot asks if he's trying to follow Big Boss's dream. Responding, Liquid says, From today... Call this place Outer Heaven. Ocelot says if he's worried about the PAL code being overwritten, as putting the code in again will deactivate Metal Gear. I was going to say that when he says that, the, the way he says it, you know, the camera zooms in and it's like, dum-dum-dum, from today, call this place Outer Heaven, or Heaven, sorry. Which, yeah. That's what uh, Big Boss called the place previously, wasn't it? I think when you play Metal Gear yeah, 5. Yeah, in the first... Well, in Metal Gear 5, but also in Metal Gear um, on the PSP... Uh, that was what was it called? Peace, Peace Walker. Peace Walker. Yeah, that was Outer Haven. Outer Heaven. And in the original, in Metal Gear Two, or Metal Gear One was Outer Haven. It was Outer Haven. I thought. I think it's interchangeable. Outer Heaven. Outer Haven. Right, because he says heaven, doesn't he? In this. Yeah. So he's told not to worry, and that the DARPA chief and the Arms Tech president are both dead, so nobody else could have the codes. However, as they're looking at this, the camera looks to a monitor and they can see Snake is actually hiding around the corner. Could he not see the massive camera pointing at him or do you think he just took the risk? Thinking that, oh, I don't know where that camera, who's looking at that camera and we don't know anything. But he's a master of stealth, so for him to be seen that easily is a bit... Yeah. Ocelot states that Snake should know how to stop Metal Gear and that he didn't have any keys on him anyway. He then steers the conversation towards Meryl and wants to know what to do with her, if he should kill her. Liquid tells him to let her live. She can be kept as the ace in the hall since she is Campbell's niece and that Snake likes her. When Snake hears Meryl's alive, he goes to his codec and it's Otacon again. And he has information on the PAL. He states that putting in the PAL can flip the system state so if it's inactive, it will become active and vice versa. However, the system can only be used once, which seems like a stupid design to me, doesn't it? Yep. Snake then notes it takes three keys, but he only has one, and Otacon tells him there's a trick to it. The card is made from a shape memory alloy, which changes shape at different temperatures, hot, cold, and room temperature. And it goes to a small scene where Snake seems to zoom in with his binoculars around the corner while they're still in the room, and he looks at the laptops. And again, he just explains three laptops, and you need to put one in at room temperature, one when it's hot, one when it's cold. And as Snake's doing this, Ocelot spots his arm sticking past, doesn't he? Sees his elbow sticking out around yeah. the door and then shoots at him, causing him to drop his key off the ledge into the drainage ditch below. 
Liquid then acknowledges that Snake is there and telling him the room is bulletproof glass all around it and then he closes the door. So we drop back to the gameplay, the alarm sounded and we equip a weapon and start blasting dudes. And then this is where the game becomes a lot of just back and forth. Yeah, I mean it is. And also why you have to do it in the order, it's annoying because couldn't you go to the furthest one first? So, what is it, room temperature? So you can go and, well, as you say, you he drops the key. You go and shoot the guards as you go down, and then you have to go into that drainage ditch and pick it up. So did you find it in the drainage ditch? Yeah. Right, because I never. I ran around the drainage ditch for two or three minutes, and I couldn't find it. Whereabouts was it, by the way, when you went down the drainage ditch? Was it left or right? Or It was on the right bottom. If you equip, I think I picked it up with the, um, I put on the mine detector. Ah. And then it showed as a red dot. Good thinking, Batman. I didn't know it would do that. Okay, well, I didn't know how else to find it. How are you going to find it? I was just running through, trying to find it, trying to stumble on it. So what did you do? Well, after a couple of minutes of searching, Miller rang me and he said, ah, maybe a rat ate it. And Snake tells him, don't be silly. However, Miller continues going like, well, no, rats eat anything. So if you find a rat, so then if you run around for a bit again, you'll see a rat and it'll get a really small exclamation mark above it when it spots you like it was a guard or something. And then you whip a gun out and you blow it away and then it drops the key. Okay. Which, yeah, that's quite cool. Yeah. So now we have the key back. We go all the way back to Metal Gear, back into that security room. But it's worthwhile throwing a chaff grenade first. Did you throw a chaff grenade before you went in the room? Yeah, because there's, cam- there's, there's gun cameras. And we walk up to the console and insert the key. And you get a voice that says, Pal code number one, confirm. Awaiting. And then Snake talks to himself out loud, saying, Now, pal number two, freeze the key. And this is where the back and forth begins. So we need to freeze the key. Where do we need to go? Somewhere cold. Have you got any ideas? All the way back to the snowfield at the start. (laughs) Well, that would probably work. (laughs) Yeah, the freezer. Vulcan Raven's freezer. Yeah, yeah. but I went back to Vulcan Raven's freezer. But when you get there, there's a new addition. There's some guards in white. So did you take them out or did you just run around avoiding them? Um, I avoided them. You avoided them. I took them out. The thing is, well, it's what... It, 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 they should have done it so you had to go back further to heat the key first. It was... An, what annoyed me was why did it have to go cold and then hot? Why couldn't it have been room temperature hot and then cold? Well, it's, it's the same difference, right? If you had went to the furthest place and then... Or just because then at least you went the furthest one away and then the next time around it wouldn't be as far to go type of thing. Yes. I, I think I figured a small bug out here. If you're holding the key... I don't think it changes whilst you're holding it. Well, that's what I just... I took it out and kept looking at it until it changed colour. Yeah, that's what I did in the end. Because I held it for ages, kept looking at it, and it, and it didn't change. And I unequipped it and re-equipped it, and it was suddenly changed. Maybe it was just down to timing, but it just seemed... I'd held it for about two minutes and it hadn't changed oh, okay. it. It didn't take that long. So we run back all the way up, back up the first ladder, the second, the third, over the head, back to the security room, and input the second key, and we get the same thing. Pal code 2 confirmed, awaiting pal code 3. Snake then says, we need to heat the key. Let's go somewhere warm. Where, where's warm? The place with... Hawaii. The lava. <laughs> Here at the moment is hot. Well, yeah, that's it. I could have it right now. So we need to go back to the, the smelt works, where the T-1000 met his fate. Spoilers. Actually, I'll have to edit. Maybe I should go back and edit spoilers in for Terminator 2. You know, if you've not seen that 30-year-old film. What have you done with your life? (laughs) You've missed a great film if you haven't saw that, to be fair. 
As we're heading back up, when we're on the Fenincula, can't remember if it's the first or the second one, the codec rings and it's Miller wants to talk about Naomi again. Again, he tells Snake to turn off the monitor, and after he does this, Miller says he has a friend at the Pentagon who says the DIA have created a new type of assassination weapon called Foxdye. Snake says he knows nothing about it, but overheard Liquid and Ocelot talking about it just before. Miller continues to say that it's a virus that targets specific people, but that's all he knows. Snake pushes him for more. The reply is that Foxdye kills victims by simulating a heart attack. He reminds Snake this is how Decoy Octopus and Baker died, so that it must have been Fox die. Snake asks him if Naomi was behind the virus. Miller steers the conversation towards the injection that Naomi gave him, and Snake questions if he meant the nanomachines, son. Nanomachines, son! And Miller says that she was in the position to do it. Snake asks if Roy knows, and Miller says that she hasn't been questioned yet. Unsatisfied by this, Snake rings Campbell and asks him what's happened to Naomi while Miller listens in but doesn't say anything. Roy tells him that she's been placed under arrest, that she was sending coded messages to the Alaskan base. He says she must be working with the terrorists and that she's being interrogated. He doesn't want to be rough with her, but he doesn't have any sodium pentothal, which I think that's what they call truth serum, isn't it? Yeah, sodium pentanol is also sodium thiopental. The trademark is um, sodium pentothal, which is a trademark. They use it in um, True Lies, don't they? You know, the one with where Arnie jumps on the Harrier with Jamie Lee Curtis. Is that, that's True Lies, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it's a short-acting barbiturate, so it's a general anaesthetic. It's, and it's questionable whether it actually works to make people more truthful or whatnot. And there are lots of ethical and... Um, other questions about using this throat serum to get people to speak but because it's in reality it's an anesthetic so it can be used i guess as a kind of a a hallucinogen or a psychotropic yeah effect to get people to feel their true thoughts i guess that's similar to what people do when they're drunk um but yeah it's truth serum uh snake tells him to call him if he hears anything and ends the conversation with campbell moving back to miller He states that it sounds true and there must be a vaccine somewhere to find around here. Why would there be a vaccine somewhere for Snake to find on the base? That doesn't make sense. No, I don't think so. Well, no, I don't think it's around... I thought he just said that that the Foxeye vaccine must be around somewhere, i.e. there must be a vaccine for it. If they've created this, then there must also be a vaccine. Maybe I heard it wrong, but I could have sworn he said a vaccine around here, around there or something. Maybe that was wrong, but... No, what I heard and what I'd written down is that he said it, that means that Foxeye vaccine must be around somewhere. Fair enough, so, yeah. yeah. That would make far more sense as to what I thought I heard. Snake tells Miller that he's bigger things to worry about, and then Miller tells him that he might also be infected. But Snake brushes it off and states that he's leaving it up to the colonel. Uh, we arrive at the top of the funiculars right back at the uh, the smelt works and we have to wait for the key to change colour. It took about 90 seconds in total. I think it goes room temperature first and then it goes to the hot state. So we head back down and whilst we're back on the funicular again, uh, it's word of the day that now, I think. Funicular. <laughs> the codec rings and it's Naomi. Snake asks her if it's true. She tells him it is, but not all of it was a lie. She doesn't know her real name, what her parents looked like, and she's actually bought all of her identification. However, the reason she got into genetics was true. She wanted to know where she came from. Going into her history, she says that she was found in Rhodesia in the 1980s, 
And this is the previous name for Zimbabwe, is, is what Snake identifies it as. Snake tells her that she's hung up on the past and needs to understand who she is now. And then Naomi tells him why should she bother when no one tries to understand her. Going back into her story, she says that she was alone until she met a man who she called her big brother, plus another man who took her away. The man who was her big brother was Frank Yeager, aka Grey Fox. She explained that Fox was her only connection to the past and that he was her protector. However, the other man brought her back to America and this man was Big Boss. Afterwards, Big Boss and Grey Fox went back to war. Snake beat both of them so she swore revenge and joined Foxhound. Every day she would pray she would meet Snake for two years and this wish finally come true. Snake asks if she still hates him and Naomi tells him not exactly that she was partially wrong about him but she will take her revenge on Liquid and the others. Snake asks her if she killed Dr. Clark but she tells him no, it was Frank and that she helped him cover it up and hide. Snake wanted to know if Fox is there to kill him but she doesn't seem to think so and that he just wants a final battle and not to kill him. He then moves the conversation towards Fox die. She explains it's a retrovirus that uses smart enzymes to target specific people's DNA. That they attack the cells and cause them to die in the heart, inducing a heart attack. It was actually far more complex than that, wasn't it, what she was explaining? But it doesn't really make any sense to me whatsoever, not no, being a biologist. And it's probably just made up pseudoscience anyway, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That science... Big words. <laughs> I, I, it's, maybe it is real. Maybe this is how this works, or maybe it is. But I would think that with a lot of things in this, it is a little bit of pseudoscience as well. Yeah, that's that's how I assumed it was. Snake is quite shocked, and he wants to know if he has time to stop Metal Gear, since she must have targeted him as well. She doesn't answer that, but she says she wasn't the one who wanted to use Fox Die. However, he is injected with it. She goes to explain about it and tell him something else, but some guards seem to capture her and take her away. Roy then comes on the comms and tells Snake that she's placed her under arrest. Snake argues with the Colonel, but the Colonel tells him he just needs to stop Metal Gear. So the Colonel clearly knows something that he's not telling Snake. I mean, that's been obvious for quite a while, right? Yeah. So this idea, this old fox day and, you know, Snake being injected with it before the mission and it killing the DARPA chief and Baker, or sorry, Decai Octopus... So we now move on and we take our third PAL code and we insert it into the last computer. PAL code number three, confirmed. PAL code entry, complete. However, there's a twist and as it's inserted, the computer says that the detonation code was activated. Snake is shocked and he shouts that he deactivated and the codec rings and it's Miller, but his voice has now changed. He thanks Snake and says nothing can now stop Metal Gear. Snake asks what he's talking about, but Miller tells him that they couldn't get the Darba Chief's code and that he was accidentally killed by Ocelot under interrogation. They were unable to activate Metal Gear and they'd used him. Snake asks if they planned from the beginning and demands to know who the man is. The man ignores it and explains launch preparations are complete and once seen to the wild, the White House will give up the Fox Dye vaccine. He carries on and says that if he meets him, that he'll tell him everything. Snake asks where he is and he says he's very close by. Roy then comes on to say that this man is not Master Miller, that Miller's body was actually found and has been dead for approximately three days. He says Mei Ling has traced the communication and has found out that his broadcasts are coming from inside the base. 
Snake tells him to watch out and says, you have been talking to. And then we cut to Miller and he says, Me, dear brother. And reveals himself to be Liquid. So that is the huge, the huge twist. A huge reveal that nobody saw coming. And no one saw coming because no one's played this game before. Well... The first time around, I think I was probably quite surprised by The it. first time around, I was surprised by it as well. Now, when I think of back about this, Snake knew Miller. Supposedly, he trained with him. Yeah. Snake is somebody who's supposed to be like a master of espionage and... Well, he's a master of stealth and he gets easily found out. He's... Maybe he's <laughs> maybe he's part of all of this group of, you know, genome soldiers that has this 180 IQ, but he can't use it. The fact yeah. that he knows somebody and then they're... Prote- just because he's wearing sunglasses... It's like, oh. And he ties his hair back, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's like Superman and Clark Kent. If he puts on glasses, nobody knows he's Superman. Yeah, I mean, well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's a bit, yeah. I mean, I was shocked at this first time I played it, but now when I think back a bit more, more of a critical eye, it's like, yeah, Snake was easily fooled by this guy pretending to be Miller. Yeah, and every time you're battling Liquid, like in the hind D, and you call Miller, he doesn't answer. So there's kind of foreshadowing things to try and piece together yourself. I also thought it was interesting. I mean, you know, the way of putting in all the PAL codes that was to activate the detonation and launch the nukes was a bit of a... So clearly the conversation was just the new snake was there and they were just saying the things to make him think that they were ready to go this whole time. Yeah. Even when you go back to um, the interrogation scene and... Liquid gets a phone call and he says, we're ready to launch, but we've got to do this, got to do that. So the whole time they were playing Snake for a fool. Yeah. And then um, Liquid, well, who's Master Miller, you know, he was he said something, you know, Snake, you're the only one who doesn't know, you poor fool. So yeah. basically they all knew that Snake was being used. Yeah. The only person who didn't know they were being used was Snake. Yeah, that's very true. So Liquid then tells him he has served his purpose and may die. And we drop back to gameplay. The alarms go off, the door closes, and the room starts to fill with gas. So the first thing I did was equip a gas mask. Yeah. Since we've got one, that gives you a bit more time. Then I called Otacon. Yeah, I did the same. And he says he'll open the security lock. And then you wait, what, 20 seconds? Well, the first thing is, like, he's like, Otacon was like, oh, you can't break the, the glass with ordinary weapons. And I was thinking, oh, cool, I've got, like, a missile launcher. I can break it with that. But then he asks them to open the security door. So. Yeah. So 20 seconds later, it opens. And this is where we'll leave it for tonight on a cliffhanger. See, I have a question for you, though, before that. Sure. If a glass is bulletproof glass, would it be proof to, like, a Nikita missile or a Stinger missile? I, I very, very much doubt that, mind. No, I don't think uh, so. Anyway. I mean, the the thing is, when you look at this, I think the glass looks quite thick. Does it look, is it looks like it's a foot thick. Maybe that would stop a missile, but I don't think bulletproof glass would stop a missile. No. But then again, maybe in a small enclosed space, if you shot the missile, you'd kill yourself. But anyway, it's a good place to end. Let's see. How do we end this on a mail link quote? What is tonight's mail link quote? A mail link quote. So Mei Ling says, uh, this is a quote about adapting to your situation. She says, in China, they say that once the fox gets his nose in, he'll soon find a way to make his body follow. Um, and she says, that's a perfect description of snake. Um, basically, you've got to be flexible and adapt your situation um, uniquely, um, which makes sense. I mean, cats are the same. So sometimes you'll see a cat put their head through a really small hole. 
But once they get their head through, they'll, the rest of their body then can be is flexible enough to follow through as well. Mm-hmm. So there are situations where, or places where I've seen, I've, I think I've seen foxes as well, but cats in particular, a situation where you're like, there's no way they'll get through that. And then they do. And obviously that's the quote that she's, she's saying to Snake here. You've got to yeah. be adaptable and flexible to each situation that presents itself. 